Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today I want to talk about creating summer success. And I know it's not summer everywhere in the world. It is here in the United States. And I also know that some of you might be listening to this in the middle of the winter. But the strategies still apply. The strategies I want to talk to you about today can apply any time of the year. They can apply to holiday season or just any time when we feel like we are indulging more than we would like to, making exceptions or excuses more than we want to, just generally not placing the level of priority on our health and our choices that we want to. I'm going to share a few different strategies with you today. And the goal is not to apply all of them, but to find just one that resonates with you one that you are both able and willing to start with, and then get to work practicing. There tends to be, especially for those of us with a complicated dieting history, there tends to be a lot of judgment and guilt with indulging, period. Like at any level, with any frequency, we feel like we did something wrong. And that's crap. Like the drama, the guilt... They have got to go because perfection is not required. Perfection is not fun for most people. Perfection is not fun for me. And we can make fantastic progress towards our goals without perfection. So it's not either you are perfect or you're off the rails and you've resigned yourself to it's not worth it to be perfect, so why try? There is a very pleasant middle ground, but you have to choose it. And not choose it with a decision, but choose it repeatedly with your actions. A decision in and of itself doesn't mean you're going to nail it. The decision itself opens the door. But progress depends on what you do with that decision, how often you execute it, how consistently you apply it. That's what makes the difference. The decision is just the beginning, not the end. Any decision does not guarantee progress your practice does. So I've pulled together a handful of strategies that I think will be helpful to you. And just keep in mind that number one, guilt and drama have no place when it comes to our food choices. And number two, do not attempt to adopt all of these. Just pick one that you are able and willing to start with. And the magic is in your consistency and your application over time as consistently as possible, applying whatever strategy it is that you choose to as many scenarios or choices or days or opportunities as you possibly can. This first one, I think, is a really powerful starting point for everybody. 
So if you are in a situation where it's summertime and you're having trouble being consistent or staying motivated, you're indulging more often, or you're just not at the level of consistency with quality choices that you want to be at, the first strategy is to do a really honest assessment of what is holding you back the most. Oftentimes, we just grab at a strategy without looking at what our biggest obstacles are. So many times people turn to fitness in this way. They think, I need to work out more. When if they're doing an honest assessment, they understand that the thing holding them back is their food choices or the frequency with which they indulge. They're not not making progress because they aren't going to the gym daily. Fitness isn't the problem. Food is. But we grab at these commonplace solutions that oftentimes have nothing to do with our own greatest challenge. Now, you have to be specific here. I want you looking at what is holding me back the most, but you've got to be specific. Do not just say, I'm eating too much. The more you understand about any problem or challenge, whether this is in your work, in your relationships, or in your own personal habits, the more you understand about the problem, the more pointed you can make your solution. So the more effective you can make your solution. So if you're saying, well, I'm just eating too much, when do you eat too much? Are there specific days of the week that are a bigger challenge? Are there specific times of the day that are a specific challenge? What is it that you are eating too much of? For most people, chicken and broccoli is not the problem. And maybe it's not that eating too much is your problem. Maybe it's what happens after dinner, right? And in a day, you aren't eating too much. But in this particular fragment of the day, you are making choices that are not reflective of the progress you want to make. So maybe we're honing in on the after dinner hours. We have to get specific. Is it when you're alone? Is it when you're home? Is it primarily when you're out? Maybe meals at home are not a problem at all for you, but meals out are holding you back. Or maybe it's not food at all, but it's alcohol. And even within that, get specific. Maybe it's not wine that's a problem, but cocktails or the other way around. We have to look at what is holding us back the most. Understand that broad strokes here will not be effective in creating a solution that works for you. Specifically, what behaviors are holding you back and then get very nitty gritty about the who, the what, the when, the where, so that you can really craft the solution that targets the actual problem. I understand full well how hard it can be to be honest and look at your own choices, but it's powerful. It can be hard to take the time. We want to look away. We would rather just grab at some plan for improvement then investigate what specifically needs to be improved, but that is a mistake. If you are not journaling on the regular, get started. And then you can look and say, yeah, it seems like Friday night into Saturday, these are the trouble times. Mornings are fine. I don't need to focus on that. Because if we are not doing that kind of behind-the-scenes honest evaluation, we could be prioritizing our focus on a fat loss friendly breakfast when the morning is not our time of challenge. 
Or we could be investing all of this energy into moving more when activity is not what is holding us back. It's food. So really take the time and be willing to say, I'm not looking for a solution right now. I'm really looking to understand with as much detail and specificity as possible what the problem is. The second strategy I want to talk about is one that I've mentioned before, but it's a good starting point for folks once they understand with specificity what is holding them back the most, and that is the very, very simple solution of what's an improvement for me? Now, I want to say a little bit more about this, but before I do, many people dismiss this because it seems too simple. Guys, sometimes the most simple strategies that we've heard before but haven't applied hold the most power. And it's in their simplicity that really accounts for their success because they are simple. It's hard to screw it up because it is so simple and straightforward, but we often overlook it because of its simplicity or because we've heard it before. There's a difference between having heard it and having applied it and having applied it consistently. Once you're very clear on the specifics of what is holding you back, What is an improvement for me and how can I implement it? How can I implement it today? Now, if you were not specific in identifying what's holding you back, you're going to have a dang hard time honestly pinpointing what is an improvement for you because you probably don't know how many drinks you have on average per week or how many times you indulge on average per week. But when you are specific with identifying what is holding you back, you can easily say, okay, you know what? An improvement for me is only having sweets or an indulgence four times a week instead of daily. Now, the second part of this, what's an improvement for me, going beyond identifying that improvement is, What can I do with this improvement today? So using that example, I'm tending to indulge every day, sometimes multiple times a day, and I'm going to cut that down to four times per week. Well, what can I do about that today? Today, I'm not going to indulge because tomorrow I'm going out to dinner and I would love to have that be one of my indulgences for the week, right? So the strategy is defining specifically what is an improvement for you and then taking it from the macro to the micro, from the theory to the application and saying, how can I implement that improvement today? What does that look like today? What am I able and willing to do with that today? The third strategy is really thinking about what's worth it for you. There are many things that we just don't want to give up. They're a huge part of our enjoyment of social situations or our enjoyment of food, and that's fine. You do not have to give up the things you love in order to make progress. We often just have to set some standards and make some adjustments. So what things are really, really worth it to you? What do you not want to give up? For me personally, I enjoy ice cream much more than I enjoy alcohol. So if I'm taking a look at weekends that get out of control, that hold me back from making progress, and I can see, well, on those weekends, it looks like I'm doing alcohol and ice cream. When I say, well, what's really worth it? The ice cream is, the alcohol is not. I'd rather have ice cream once a week and make progress than have ice cream and alcohol and not make progress. Or I'd rather have ice cream more frequently 
and leave out the alcohol than have them both more frequently. Does that make sense? Maybe you say that progress and discipline matter more and you want to focus on minimizing both ice cream and alcohol. That's totally fine. Maybe indulging with your family matters to you because it's special time together and you create memories. So you're willing to sacrifice indulging by yourself, right? Picking something up at the gas station on the way home or sneaking into the pantry after the kids are in bed because you'd rather savor those moments of indulgence with your family, with people you love. So the question we're really evaluating here is, what's worth it for you? What do you not want to give up and what does that look like? And this will look different for everyone. What is worth it? Maybe wine for you is really, really worth it. And then you take that next step to say, what does that look like? If I'm saying wine is worth it as an indulgence, Well, what does that look like for me? What do I want that to look like? Maybe you recognize that the first glass is always the best glass. And so your practice is limiting yourself to one. Or maybe you recognize that after the second glass, you aren't really paying attention. So your practice is, or you're not really enjoying it anymore. You're just going through the motions. So your practice is, I'm going to limit myself to two. Or maybe you realize that you enjoy wine when it feels special. And you can help it feel more special by not having it be an everyday thing. So you're working on enjoying wine three or four or five times a week instead of every single day. These examples are obviously unique to you. Some of you who never drink might think I sound crazy for suggesting wine three or four or five times a week. But understand, if you're somebody who's having a couple glasses of wine or alcohol or a couple of treats every day, that's a major improvement. And it's really important that you understand what is worth it, what is not, and then what that looks like for you. You don't just want to skip the step of saying, what does that look like? Because if you do, then in my case, I'm saying, well, ice cream is worth it. So every time ice cream is available, it's worth it and I'm going to have it. No, I know ice cream is worth it to me, but what does that look like, right? Saying that it's worth it isn't licensed to indulge whenever it's around. I want to set some standards for myself that seem reasonable based on my understanding of my patterns of behavior and then practice those standards. Another strategy is what I call more, less, and how. First, you identify what you want to focus on more. What do, you, what do you want to do more? What do you want to have more of? Then you identify what you want to focus on less or do less of or eat less of. And finally, the third part, the how part, is how you implement that just for today. Just what that looks like today. It's not a grand plan for the next three months. It's not a theory. You are establishing how you will implement that today. I'll give you an example. Maybe you're pretty consistent about your workouts during the week, but on the weekend, you're pretty inactive. And so when you're thinking about, well, what could I do more of? Maybe you say, I want to start incorporating workouts on the weekend because I'm indulging more then. Or maybe it's not an official workout, but you want to go for a walk or you want to go for a bike ride, but you want to make sure that you are incorporating more activity on the weekends. 
And then maybe your less focus is, I want to snack less. I want to eat less between meals. Great. Two awesome things. The how is where we bring it down from theory to practice. How do I do that today? In what ways will I move more today? Well, today I can get in a kettlebell workout at home or I can go for a walk or I'm going to go for a kayak trip or something, find a local hike. And as far as snacking less, today I'm going to identify just one snack. That's it. And if I'm hungry, cool. Mealtime will be here before I know it. But just for today, since I've identified I want to work towards snacking less, that today looks like one snack, right? The how is how we bridge from theory to practice. Maybe your more is drinking more water or journaling more or your less is um, eating sweets, right? You have to take that step of how and the how is specific to today. Understanding and accepting that every day can and should and will look different. For me, as I record this, I'm going to a concert tonight. So I'm going out of town. I don't know what the situation will be in terms of food. I don't know how late I'll be out or how long it will last. So my how in implementation today can and should and will look very, very different from yesterday when I was working from an office all day long, right? All right. So more, less, how. And the how is specific to implementation for this day. The final part I want to talk about is perspective. Because tactics are awesome, but perspective is where people really get themselves into trouble. They struggle when they're on vacation or during the summer or during the holidays because they're seeing progress towards their goals as a burden. They are focused on the negative parts of change instead of focusing on the positive parts of change. Just the other day, I had my final call with one of my one-on-one clients, and we were talking about some takeaways. Moving forward, these are things to keep in mind. And one of the things I said was, when you approach a disciplined choice, a choice that is aligned with your goals, a choice that is practicing the kind of behaviors that will allow you to make progress, the choice to work out, the choice to pass on the cookie, the choice to not respond to every initial sense of hunger as it arises, those choices. You can either see them as carrying a burden or as releasing one. You can see discipline and the work required to make progress towards your goals, you can see that as carrying a burden or as releasing one. When you see discipline or eating well or working out or practicing self-control as carrying a burden, you have decided that it is a negative thing, that you are in fact burdened. And when you do that, decide that you are burdened, you are that much closer to frustration and surrender. And that perspective is a choice and there is an alternative perspective available to you. You can see that same discipline, that same decision to eat well, that same decision to practice self-control. You can see that same decision to prioritize your workout instead of as carrying a burden. You can choose to see it as releasing a burden. You can choose to see it as a gift you are giving yourself. 
a step towards a better life you are creating. You can choose to see it not as carrying a burden, but rather as a win you are creating, you are claiming. And when you choose the perspective, seeing these choices as releasing a burden, freeing yourself, giving yourself a gift instead of carrying a burden, you are that much further from frustration and surrender. You are not a victim of your disciplined choices. You are the beneficiary You are not a victim of your disciplined choices. You are the beneficiary. You are choosing something better. It is a gift. It is not a burden. You have the perspective. When you turn down an indulgence, when you do the workout that you wanted to skip, when you take the time to journal when you really would rather not, you are not carrying a burden. You are releasing one. And that difference in perspective is the difference between being closer to frustration and surrender or further from it. You are not a victim of your disciplined choices. You are the beneficiary, and they are a gift. No matter what strategy of these you choose to practice, I hope you can see that it is not all or nothing, and this is not about perfection, and it is not about deprivation. It is about choosing to set yourself free and live your best life, and there is always a step you can take towards progress that has nothing to do with perfection. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a really great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.